Welcome everybody to the Neil World Order podcast. Uh, this afternoon, I am fortunate enough to have over a half a century of law enforcement experience today with me tonight as I have Craig Konopsky, who is running for Sheriff of Walworth County and under sheriff candidate Dan Derrick. Uh, I'd like to welcome these guys to the show. Uh, thank you for your service. Uh, you know, what you do for our community, what you're looking to do in the future. Um, I, guess, I guess we'll jump uh, right in with a question. Uh, I think that'll, that'll get everything moving pretty well. Um, on your signs, Craig, the slogan says, the change we need. I think in politics, we all know the word change gets used a lot uh, in election campaigns. What does the change we need mean to you and what does that change bring about for those who would serve under you and for the community you would serve? Well, basically the change that we need is we need to get away from the old norm. Like this is the way we've always done it, you know? Um, that's why I went to the outside looking at Dan Derrick to come in here as my uh, number two to uh, help uh, bring a new perspective into the sheriff's office. Uh, I'm looking to um, basically shake up the command staff, uh, make it a more viable and more friendly place to work, uh, make it better for the deputies, for the jailers, the dispatchers, uh, and to be able to recruit new deputies and, and officers from your local area. Are you finding, as far as recruitment and maybe even, uh, what is the word I'm looking for, hold on to talent, as far as uh, you know, maybe people retiring early or just leaving law enforcement in general? Are you finding that to be, I know that's an issue globally with law enforcement. Is that uh, an issue that concerns you here and something you want to, you know, you, you want to get your hands in and try to change and how would you change it? Absolutely. I mean, over the past, I'd say three, four years, we've had probably a dozen senior deputies leave early that could have uh, hung around for another three to five years. And that result trickled down into now, I mean, for here's an example, it took me 10 years to get the day shift in patrol. And now we've got guys on day shift who have only two years of seniority with the department. So with the older guys leaving, I mean, all that seniority, all that training, everything went out the window. And these young guys now don't have any of the should I say seasoned deputies now to mentor them to basically show them how to do the job? You know, if you're, you're two years or less and you're on day shift, it's right? Like, no, it's unheard of. I, I I can't imagine like the uh, <clears throat> learning curve it takes to do do what you guys do. Um, you know, even I, me personally, I would look at like even ten years not being enough to learn everything you need to know. Um, and day shift has always been the most senior shift on the department. Always. And I assume just as somebody who in my younger days probably met a lot of law enforcement or officers, a lot of the happenings probably tend to be when the sun goes down. Like, is that is that true or is that kind of... Yeah, it depends on what you're looking okay. at. I mean, if you're looking at the, the drug use and the, the drunk driving right. and all that stuff, yeah. So in, the, in that aspect, it almost, you could say, for lack of a better word, that maybe your best players weren't in at the best times is is that that you were putting maybe in a sense putting inexperienced people 
in situations maybe they weren't prepared for. Absolutely. Just based on scheduling. Yep. Okay. And, and absent that leadership nowadays, you're seeing in law enforcement, it, it's cyclic in the sense that people get experienced, they get to be a veteran, they retire. But what's happened at the Sheriff's Department is that they're retiring young. So absent that experience, you have younger officers and younger deputies that are left to make decisions not based on wisdom, but based on what they learned in the police academy or what they learned in their short time in the field training program. And it's hard. So as, as a third shift patrol sergeant, I work with a lot of younger people. And you have to be able to guide them for the first minimum five years. And once they don't have that, that's when you end up with people getting hurt and decisions being made that aren't for the best of either the department or the community as a whole. Right. You know, and, and I think about it just in my management experience. We used to always call it setting people up to fail. Yeah. You know, and understand, you know, I guess even in a leadership position, it's probably understanding that everyone, you know, even with sen, you know, seniority and knowledge, sometimes some people just aren't mentors, you know. Mm-hmm. You can be the best at something and know everything, but if you can't explain it, it's probably not. And being, you know, having the ability, I, I think what you're saying is try to put the right people in the right places to where everyone can be successful and not just a chosen few. Is Absolutely. That, um, you know, and as like as far as like the exodus you were talking about, Dan, with people leaving, um, you know, I, I think you see it in a lot of government positions, like you know whether it's teaching, um, you know postal workers, uh, other government office jobs, do you think to an extent that maybe it's because certain jobs that were maybe politics aren't super important, politics has seeped into that and soured that experience for people and it's sending them elsewhere? For the Sheriff's Department, yes. There's a lot of internal politics right now that are just chasing people out. And it's also preventing us from bringing good people in. So, I mean, it's working both ways. Um, as sheriff, I would eliminate that internal politics um, and then work it from there, hopefully to recruit some new good people. Right. You know, and it's, I think, I when I was younger, I actually wanted to go into law enforcement, and my, my parents talked me out of it. Uh, <laughs> maybe for the best, I don't know. But, um, you know... I, I think what you guys do is awesome. I think I think it's amazing. I, I think you guys don't get the credit you deserve. You know, I, I think oftentimes you don't get the support you deserve, whether it's from you know the local governments, the state governments, um, and there's like this unfortunate negative stigma that has been attached to law enforcement. You know where. I think it's fair to say 99.9% of officers do the right thing. You know, I'm yeah. willing to give the benefit of the doubt, but it's always, you know, it's just like in a relationship, you know, you always remember the bad things. You don't remember the good things. Um, what are the biggest challenges you see in trying to overcome that stigma, maybe within the community? And I know it's probably not that huge of a deal here, but you know, there's still that stigma. Uh, as far as recruiting? Yeah, as far as recruiting, is, you know, I think maybe endearing law enforcement more to certain members of the community that... I think we're very fortunate here in Walworth County is that uh, we have a very good uh, community support of our sheriff's office and our local law enforcement. 
I don't I don't see that as an issue. I see the biggest issues are the internal politics within the sheriff's office itself that's preventing a lot of guys from wanting to come here and work as a Walworth County deputy. I mean, and I would I would agree with Craig and even take it one step further in the sense that everybody that I work with in law enforcement, whether it's through the sheriff's department or neighboring jurisdictions or even internally with Lake Geneva, we've got good officers. It, that's not an issue. I mean, we are um, equipped to do our job, City of Lake Geneva specifically, to the, to the best of our ability. And when they go out on the street, when the officers go out on the street to do their job, they need to know that they're supported. Because we, we teach them how to do their job and how to deal with the public. But then internally, if they wonder are they going to be supported if they take action up to and including the use of deadly force, will they be supported, will they be given the resources? That's where the issue comes in is inside that, inside whatever agency. If the bosses or the leaders are not leading them and not supporting their people, that's where you get the trouble. That's where officers get hurt. That's where the community gets hurt because they start to second guess what they're doing and why they're doing it. Not because they're not justified, but because in the back of their mind, they have questions as to whether they'll come out successfully on the other end. Going with what Dan said, what do you think, it, I mean, if you can even put your finger on it, because I mean, I'm sure it's, it's not just one thing, starts to cause those fractures where I, I understand what you're saying is like, hey, I've been trained to do this, so I did what I was told, but now, you know, you come back and it's like, oh no, you shouldn't have done that. Where do you think the, I guess the breakoff came in leadership where it was like, hey, you know, here, here were our expectations, but now that you went through our expectations, we're changing them. What, what do you think causes that? I think causes that is the, the lack of leadership, you know, from the top down. You got the, you got a sheriff, you got an undersheriff, and then underneath them is four captains. Each captain's in charge of the division. And then uh, you got two lieutenants. And so the deputies right now out on the road, the, their biggest fear is that the administration's gonna come after them for whatever they do. If they do it right, if they do it wrong, you know, they're gonna get hammered for it. The problem is internally is that there is no, I should say accountability for the command staff because they've done things in the past and continue to do things that you know, the basic leadership right now, I believe, is, you know, rules for thee, but not for me. Do as I say, not as I do. Correct. Okay. Correct. And that trickles down and oh, definitely. completely destroys the morale yes. of the troops and the boots on the ground. You know, and I think that's in any line of work. You know, like, I was fortunate enough, I had a lot of terrible bosses, which I think made me a pretty good boss in my day before I realized I wanted to be. But it was always one of my things that I would never ask anyone to do something I wouldn't do. Right. Or I couldn't expect you to do something I couldn't do. You know, do you do you think so with that mentality you said where they're worried about administration, uh, it, what I hear, and you didn't say this, this is my opinion, um, that you've maybe at times guys are doing just enough to be considered, hey, we're doing our job, right. not for the fear of if I cross this line. Or I cross that line, I'm gonna get you know kicked from this side or that side. That hey, I'm just I'm treading water and I'm just trying to not rock the boat. And maybe in that mentality, things get missed, things don't get done. 
you know, and, and it creates, it, it's walking on eggshells. I mean, I can't imagine a department like that, you know, and how do you sell yourself as, hey guys, it's not going to be like that when I'm here. Uh, correct. Um, well, actually, the deputies and the jailers, they approached me to uh, run against the Gerber because they awesome. needed a candidate that would, should I say, be the opposite of what we have right now. Um, they feel that there's a lack of support with the leadership currently, and they feel that, uh, you know, when I win this election on August 9th, that uh, things are going to change. And I, th I think, too, to go back to what you talked about earlier as far as veteran officers leaving, with that being fractured, absent that experience and that knowledge right. and that know-how, that's where you start to get um, people starting to second-guess themselves. Well, yeah. Like so, <clears throat> so the experienced officers are the ones that are really the glue that are, that are holding it together. When I, when I work with the people that, that I'm blessed to lead, there's times where they will put up with a lot more stuff than I will, and once I've decided that we've had enough, we've had enough, and, and we do what we need to do. But absent that experience, sometimes officers and deputies don't act the way they should, and things can get out of control because of that lack of experience. You know, and I would say when you lose that experience, you just kind of like equate it to like, I mean, you're throwing out, say, history, you're throwing out information. It's, mm -hmm. you know, um, so as far as your biggest challenges within our community, uh, day in and day out, we're talking, you know, once we get out of the, the office and in the community, um, are there things in the community that maybe you feel do not get the attention they need or what could be done to address the things that maybe are the per biggest perceived issues in the community? Uh, right now, one of our biggest issues is the uh, uh, outbreak of fentanyl right now. Uh, our drug unit has been reduced to two or three deputies right now. So when I come into office, I'd like to bring the, especially the drug unit back up to full staff there because it's just, it's running rampant out there. I mean, as a detective, I'm working uh, overdose cases, you know, constantly. And uh, it just needs to, it needs to stop eventually. And would you say that drug crime is probably our biggest, I guess, segment of crime in this county, the area? Yeah, it is. It is because while we're county, we're kind of like in the middle of you know I forty three. Right, there's like a hub. Twelve, you got Rockford, Beloit, Chicago, Milwaukee, Green Bay, Madison. I mean, we're right in the center of it all. So, do you feel currently that maybe the uh, lack of resources being sent to channel that are done because they one don't see it as a problem, or two feel like aren't up to the task of maybe trying to fix it? I don't know if they see it as a problem or not, but they took those deputies out of there to backfill uh, positions in patrol because of the senior guys all leaving. So it was kind of, they robbed Peter to pay, they, they fixed, to fix a problem they created, they just created a problem somewhere else. Created another problem. Right. And that's, you know, that leads right in with what you're saying with bad leadership instead of, you know, looking at yourself, and I love that you used accountability. That's like one of my favorite words, and I feel oh, like yeah. it's something that's completely void in society. And if it was instilled in more people, we'd have a better world. I think you guys probably see some of the worst of it. But um, so that being said, when you bring back that accountability, do you worry 
and I guess you don't because you have the support of the officers that, you know, once there is maybe a harder line, a more, uh, you know, broad picture of expectation and all that, do you think you'll, it will bring in more people, you'll start to get the best of people, and it'll enable you to hold on to uh, some of the veteran officers? I think so. I think so. Once they start seeing that the, uh, the top, you know, the top uh, command staff there, once they start seeing accountability up there, um, it'll be a lot easier to bring in people um, from other departments and, you know, from the colleges or whatever, wherever we can get new deputies from. Is that, as far as the recruiting process, I apologize, I don't know it really well. Is it, is it done at like a collegiate level? Is it, uh, Some of it you is. know, hey, 18-year-old kid coming out of high school, you take these set, I assume there has to be some kind of criminology background or... 60 you know, college credits. 60 college is credits. Requirement. Okay. And then even as far as that goes, and I, and I don't know if that's something you have, do you feel that's adequate enough before they get to the field? Do you think there's... I mean, I'm one of those people that always think probably on-the-fly training is probably better than sitting in front of a computer I, or a I book. Think, I don't know what Dan thinks, but I think in the law enforcement community, I think street smarts is way better than book smarts. Right. So it's, I mean, it's, a, it's a proven fact. Yeah, you can sit in the classroom and learn about being a cop all day right out of a book, but it's nothing until you hit that street. Um, <clears throat> so... Going forward, what would be your first day as sheriff? What's the first thing you want to do? Day one. Day one, meet with the command staff and let them know. Say, hey, I know all about your past. As of today, um, accountability starts. So none of that stuff in the past. I said, we're going to start with a clean slate. And that makes sense. Yeah, because... There's nothing I can do about what's, what's going on now, what's happened in the past. But day one, when I take office as sheriff, it's, it starts right there, 100%. And as far as the way things are now, do you feel that the ship maybe is pulled in many different directions? Is it, or is it just kind of everyone sitting in place, like I said, you know, hoping to not rock the boat? Uh, right now, they're hoping not to rock right. the boat. Yeah. That has to create a challenging it is. It is. I mean, it, it's, it's gone so far that uh, a lot of the deputies are afraid they come out publicly and endorse me. Uh, yeah. Yeah, for fear of, you know, because they're going to get retaliated against uh, by the current administration. Yeah, and that's, that, that's honestly a question I have, and if I have to edit this out later, yeah. I, I will. Because that was some. If you say you run, and we'll play devil's advocate, and you don't win. Correct. What are your, I guess, thoughts slash fears, expectations of how your future, you know, in this municipality will be? Are, are there any? I mean, are you, I mean. Oh, yeah, there's, I mean, there's a good chance that they're uh, probably going to come after my job if I lose. So you feel like you'll be under a microscope? Oh, I'll definitely be under a microscope. There's no doubt there. And in my in my mind, as you know, and, and I think that's almost in any line of work too. Unfortunately, yeah, like that, it's either you're with us or against us. We can't just both have different opinions and agree to disagree and coexist. My wife hates when I say, "Let's just agree to disagree," and it's like I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just, but um, you know, I look at that and I feel like 
you know, between the wealth of experience you guys have and you're a detective, you know, you've been there, you've moved up, even a difference of opinion, your experience should be welcomed. You should, I mean, I would feel any other department would be like, hell yeah, I'll take either one of these guys, you know, right. if you don't, why do you, do you think it's, you know, I know you get people that sometimes are in leadership positions and they just think they can't, sh you know, I call them, I used to call them Oz managers in retail. They rule behind a curtain. They don't tell anyone what they know. Right. You know, do you feel like there's a lot of that? That's what we have right now. You know, and I, I never understood that. I always looked at it as, uh, you know, it's my way or the highway mentality. That's that. That's a that's a tough way to rule. Like I believe you can be firm and be fair. And I know we're comparing apples to oranges, but leadership right. is leadership. Right. But but <clears throat> realistically, in law enforcement, if if you have a deputy that needs to have their hand held, and we have to micromanage them, then why are we paying them to do a job? Right. We should all, we should always. So when I took a promotion to sergeant, I gave up. I gave up the right to be selfish as a patrolman. So I'm a big big believer in servant leadership. So now it's incumbent upon us to ensure that those road deputies who are the ones out on the street, day in and day out, 24 seven, that they A, have the training, B, they have the support. But C is, is we should always be training the next person up. We should always be giving them all the information we have because we all know that whoever your leader is in an organization, there's going to come a time when they're gonna be unavailable. Right. And if we have information that we don't share with them, then shame on us for not doing that. So realistically, we need to get those people up to speed because Craig's day is going to come, my day is going to come, where we're going to be gone. And if we're not putting people in the right places and we're not giving them the education they need to succeed, absent us being there, then that's a, that's a failure on our part. And in the past, and I, I assume both, I hate that word, um, you've communicated these concerns. And did they fall on, for lack of a better word, deaf ears? Do they just not acknowledge... You know, is it one of those things I don't see it that way? Never get any feedback. I mean, I, currently I'm the, the president of the Walworth County Deputy Sheriff's Association, the uh, collective bargaining unit that represents all the sworn personnel uh, with the county and with the uh, administration at the sheriff's office. So all the complaints that the deputies have, grievances or whatever, it all flows my way. And when I go to address uh, the sheriff or the undersheriff or even the captain, uh, whose division is affected? There, there, there's no, there's no feedback. There's nothing. You know. Is it just? Do you think it's complacency, where they're just like, oh, well, everything's yeah, as it know, is. It is a lot of that. You know, it's because we've always done it that way. So. Okay. And then that's that's dangerous in any field of work. Like, it is. You know, whenever I always say, you know, when, even when hiring new people and you hear, well, this is how I've always done. It. Like, I'm always like, to me, that's always like, okay, this guy's going to be a problem. Yeah. Because. I, I didn't ask you that, you know, here's, I'm telling you how to do it, you know, and I guess my theory was always like, you know, there's the right way to do it, there's the way you want to do it, and then there's the wrong way to do it, but, um, well, I think the other thing, too, is, was us as leaders are to develop those underneath us to, when we do retire, to take our place. Right. And, you know, it goes back to what you said. I used to call it the hit by a bus theory, cool. but the, I call it the hit, if I want, I would always tell, you know. I always looked at the people under me should be able to do my job. You know, like, you know, I I was trained that everyone underneath me should make my job easier. And that didn't mean I do nothing. It just means if I'm doing all the work, what am I paying them for? You know, so I was like, okay, if I walk out the door and I get hit by a bus, 
like things keep going tomorrow, so can yeah. everybody do it? You know, and I always feel like that was one of my biggest, uh, that was one of the biggest things I took pride in in my leadership roles was going, hey, you know, your guy, like things ran better sometimes when I wasn't there. And I would joke with my boss. I was like, and he's like, no, that's the way it's supposed to be. He was like, you know, you're not, he goes, you know, it's just like when I'm there, you work differently because I'm your boss. They work differently because you're boss. So going back to what you see, ultimately sounds like a complete lack of transparency. Yes. And then, so besides, you know, you have their endorsement. Um, that, that sounds like a big challenge in winning the trust back. You know, I know it's one thing to say, and they've worked with you, they know you, that you have relationships with people. Um, how, it's hard to put a time frame on it, but like, what is your goal in turning that around? Like, how quickly, you know, do you think you can resolve some of maybe that lack of transparency and, you know, be able to put actions to words? Well, the lack of transparency, I think I'm going to change that day one because I'm going to have an open door policy. Um, if, you know, issues arise and they can't get it through their sergeant, uh, through their captain, you know, our doors will be open for discussion. Uh, part of the problem with the current leadership is that, you know, uh, my opponent is the current undersheriff. Right. And he's been in that position for over two years now. So... If he knew he was going to run for the top seat, his primary job should have been to mentor one of his four captains to replace him. To replace him to move up into the other sheriff's chair, and he obviously didn't do that because he chose a retired sergeant uh, who's been retired for ten years now. So he, my opponent, went to the outside as well and chose somebody who's been retired for ten years now to be his. And, you know, like, as someone, like I said, I'm an outsider. I don't have the luxury of the experience and knowledge that you guys have. But I, I look at that and I'm like, you know, I look at I'm being almost five years removed from the management experience I was used to. There's no way. And, and what I did was mindless. Nothing compared to what you guys did. There's no way I could go in in a month or so into one of those roles I used to have and think by any means I could be as successful as I had been in the past, just based on the fact that I'd done it, you know, in the past, because the landscape's different, the world's different. I mean, part of the reason I got out of what I did is I saw the hiring thing coming, and I was like, I don't want to work all the time. I want to be home more, you know. But um, yeah, I, I, I when I was reading that and looked at that was a huge red flag. Like it was, it was a like it was just quite. I was like, why? Like, don't you have a guy? Yeah. You know, like I'd always look at it. You know, if I lost a guy, I had a guy. You know, I didn't have to go out and be like, hey, I need a favor. Not that I'm saying that's what it is, but. Um, well, I, I think, too, to Craig's point, as far as you know, day one, what we're going to do, I think to lead, you have to be present. Absolutely. You, you can't leave via email. You can't leave via right. text message. You have to be there. And law enforcement, by its nature, is human interaction. So that is one thing that I know I've, I've talked with Craig about it, and, and you have to be there. You have to be outside and understand what's going on. You can't leave from behind four, four walls with a cold killer. So being out on the street and being present and letting everybody know that you're there to help is huge, absolutely huge. So definitely. And going with another devil's advocate question, um, you become sheriff. 
And, you know, they always say heavy is the head that wears the crown. Have you given any thought to, because all things change us. You know, the time or effort you'll have to put into and the adjustment you'll have to make to who, you know, you may know who you are as, you know, Craig Konopsky detective, but like Craig Konopsky sheriff, to some extent, may be different. Um, It'll be different, yeah. And th- how you'll make that adjustment? Oh, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to jump in day one, you know. And I, I totally, the, the being present thing, I think sometimes, you know, the worst, the leaders are the people you wear on, you know. you know. Well, those are the worst kind. Right. You know, and I, I think that goes back to accountability. It's like, you know, being there means, right. if you're there, I can ask you a question. I can give you a complaint, I can say, here's what needs well, to like change. Like Dan said, it's a human interaction. Yeah. You know, I can sit there and look you in the eye and talk to you about what I need to get done. When, um, and, and I know the hiring process probably goes through, just with new recruits, lots of uh, personality tests, and I, I'm obviously psych evaluations or whatever. And do you think there's something that could be done to try to find, I know there are tests to find people that are more you know, they sure. call them high B personalities. They're people that are very open, uh, you know, need, some people need that interaction. And those are usually like your best leaders because they, they thrive on it. You know, it's where you get what they're called like low D people, which are kind of the people that hide behind. They're your IT guys. They just want to hide behind the computer and call you and yeah. send you an email. Are you, are you talking about the disc? Uh, we, I forget what we yeah. called it. It was, it was an acronym, when yeah. I, but it was like, it was one of those things initially. I was like, "This is insane," but like, it, it was kind of brilliant as far as like, you know, it, it, being it, it able to put in your personality to put the right person in the right, you know, like my first year as lead, in leadership roles. What did I do? I hired four needles. That was the worst thing I could ever do because no one ever told me we all had the same bad ideas. <laughs> yeah. So you know, like I, I had to learn, you know, and I carried this on into my marriage. You're, you're, you know better half has to, their strengths have to be your weaknesses, you know? So you always have to surround yourself with people that aren't yes men. Correct. You know, and, and it seems like that's the problem. Hey, we get along, that's cool, you know, whatever. But I always found myself, I was most successful when maybe personally, I didn't enjoy my management team the best. But on a professional level, I was like, dude, these guys are pretty kick ass. I mean, I don't want to go have a beer with them but I'll work with them any day of the week. And it, I, I guess it becomes an old boys network, you know, and it does in any line of work. And do you feel like that's something that maybe has crept in? And Oh, it's been there for decades, the good old boys club at the Walworth County Sheriff's Office. Absolutely. I'm looking for people underneath me that will give me more ideas, uh, that will be able to interact and not be afraid that I'm going to shut them down and discipline them for for having a difference of opinion. You know, and that's sometimes the hardest thing is getting people, you know, when you become in a leadership position, you know, even the guys that right now, you know, high five you're like, hey, when you walk down the hall, it may be different. Right. You know, once, and you know, as soon as you, you make that corner, they're like, he's an idiot. Right. You know, or you got that better office or whatever. Um, you know, and that that's work, you know, getting people to share ideas because I think sometimes your best successes are built on the ideas of others, you know, like absolutely. And so, if you were to speak to say like somebody who's 
on the line right now between, um, you know, someone on the line voting for you or someone on the line with, hey, do I want to work in law enforcement or do I want to go, I don't know, sell insurance or whatever it is people do. How would you sell, hey, here's what I want to give you. Here's what I want to do for you. Come join me, you know. I want, I want you. I want people to come to the sheriff's office and enjoy working in law enforcement. And I want them to be able to grow. I want them to be able to display their ideas and just. I don't know. I want them to share, share good ideas, and make it like, you know, like a melting pot of different ideas. I mean, I would assume. Do you guys get? As far as community involvement, I mean, it's tough to say here because we're not like a huge, we're not Milwaukee, Beloit, Rockford, whatever. Yeah. But as far as, you know, do you do you feel there are concerns from the community at times that probably don't get addressed or oh, I think so. aren't taking, or aren't given the credibility, you I know, mean, that maybe they deserve? I mean, right now our sheriff sends, you know, like a sergeant or a deputy that he assigns to each town hall around the, around the county. I mean, we got 16 townships here. I have never heard of our current sheriff actually going to one of those town board meetings where he can sit in front of the, the people and talk, you know, and field questions and stuff like that, because that, that's where you're going to find out what's going on out in the community. Is that something, if elected, you would try to schedule allowing, Yeah. put yourself in that position? Because yeah. I, I, think, I think that's a huge opportunity. It is. You know, it, it's, it's like you said, it's being present. It's, it's how your sheriff is going to get out there and find out exactly what's going on in his county. I'll be honest, as far as like the current sheriff, till the whole incident in Lake Geneva, I couldn't have put a face with a name. And I've, okay. lived, like I said, lived here for two thousand. I mean, it also means I stay out of trouble, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I, I was convinced one time he did pull me over once and let me go. But it might, it might have just been a guy that looked a lot like him. Because he kind of laughed at me when he said, well, you know, why are you in such a hurry? I was like, look at the time I'm obviously late and it's like <laughs> he appreciated my honesty and let me go all right a um, couple more questions and we'll wrap up ultimately I, I you've expressed this a lot I think through all of your answers but more than anything if you could one reason and this this is for each of you to answer why do you want this job I want this job to make the sheriff's office a better place to work and for the community of Walworth County. I love living here. Uh, I love the community, I love the people. And I just, I, I wanna make it a better place for everybody. For, for, for me, it's the ability to serve. I mean, why wouldn't I want to move to a bigger agency and give the opportunity to actually make it a better department for everybody here in Walworth County, not just internally, but getting out into the communities and whether you're talking about the townships or cities or villages, why wouldn't you want to do that? Yeah, I've been doing this for 30 years and Craig gave me an opportunity to come on board and absolutely, let's do this. Awesome. Okay, I, I appreciate your time and everything. Um, we're gonna go with five random questions now just to bring a little Neil element to the uh, podcast. You can thank my wife for this. She suggested this at the end. Okay, okay. each one of you have to answer these. So, first one, I'll go with you, Craig. If you could compare yourself with any animal, what would it be and why? I, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't thought of that 
never? Never. I've never thought about what animal I would want to be. See, I always consider myself a bear because I look all mean and burly. Oh, yeah. and well, well, but at the end of the day, just feed me and leave me alone and I'll, I won't you. bother you. <laughs> How about a lion or a tiger? A lion. You know? <laughs> Is what? Oh, yeah. Well, here, here's an animal I don't want to be. I don't want to be a rhino. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. How about yourself? Monkey. You know, kind of, I don't know. Kind of, a monkey box. Over the place. I, you know, it, uh, yeah. Okay. Next question. This this one might be a little less thought provoking. What was the last gift you gave someone? The last gift I gave someone was probably either my niece or nephew for a birthday party, and I'm, they're young, so it was probably a toy. My niece and nephew last night. It was their eighth birthday. So. All right. See, that one was way yeah, easy. That is easy. Yeah. What is your favorite movie? The Blues Brothers. Wow. Excellent choice. Yeah. I was hoping you wouldn't say, like, Fast and the Furious or something. No, no, no. no. <laughs> How about yourself? Oh, man. I'd have to say Caddyshack. Caddyshack. Okay. These are classics. Yes, classics. You, you probably got my votes on your movie choice. It's one of the 1900s. I mean, right? yeah. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? One superpower. I'll go with healing factor. I like it. Yeah. Well, I don't know. There's so many superpowers I'd love to have. But there's got to be one. How do you narrow it down? <laughs> I honestly, I don't know what I would I would want as a superpower. I, told, I, I always tell my wife mine would be invisible. I can just go and do what I want. <laughs> okay. This one, think good. They're making a movie of each of your life stories. Who would you want to portray you? Oh, that's easy. I look just like him. Bradley Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> that's a simple one. I, I, I like it. I like it. <laughs> Any time in history. Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris. I, I, I would have went 19, 1972 Burt Reynolds. That's, that's a cool one. Yeah. Chuck Norris. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. All right, you guys, that's a wrap. Uh, I want to thank Craig and Dan for their time and their service being here. Don't forget to go out and vote August 9th. Uh, Craig Konofsky for sheriff. Uh, let's give Walworth County the change it needs. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next week.